Welcome to Prima's 2022 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Daleen Bartholomew will discuss strategic business partnerships, risk, rewards, and results. Daleen is the Vice President at VRC Investigations. We will also be joined by Prima's Education Coordinator, Taekwon Gilbert. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining us today, Daylene. Thanks for having me. Very welcome. So why would an organization utilize outsourced service providers instead of hiring the needed resources? Building successful partnerships with service providers is a really important to, you know, for organizations to reach their goals. And, you know, a quality outsourcing model should include the right service providers and considerations of the risks, rewards, and results of those partnerships. So starting with a, taking a look at the insurance industry, you know, and their outsourced provider history, they have a long history of outsourcing business processes as the insurance industry's team is often built around both their staff and service providers. And this, this trend of establishing partnerships with service providers to build value is further expanding in today's, gosh, ever-changing, dynamic, and complex business environment. So, Leveraging the advantages and flexibility that outsourcing provides is a really a vital role in a company's insurance program strategy. So, you know, when we look at the insurance industry, some of those frequently utilized service providers include, you know, third-party administrators, medical bill review services, defense counsel, subrogation recovery, investigation agencies, copy services, MSA arrangements. You got the fraud regulatory compliance experts, continuing education, enterprise level software packages. I mean, the list just kind of goes on and on. So, you know, outsourcing these processes with this you know, variety of, of providers allows an insurance program to focus on their core competencies. So, when we consider such dynamics as rapid advances in digital technology and the changing regulatory landscape, you know, insurance companies or, or employers, when they look at hiring and training their own staff, that's just becoming more and more challenging. Even as, you know, we all know sort of it's even just getting harder to hire people. And it can, that can also be very costly. So creating these successful business partnerships is more important than ever in our industry. What is the difference between a vendor relationship and a business partnership? Vendors can come and go, you know, based on opportunity. They can often be hyper-focused on the transaction and the deal rather than building an enduring relationship. And, you know, vendors aren't always collaborative because they sometimes can have really clearly defined responsibilities and boundaries. However, when we look at business partners, these relationships can be built on mutual trust, transparency, and that sort of shared risk and reward balance. So often when we, when we look at the difference, we can see that business partners are often not discouraged by the lack of short-term deals, but rather they will continue to invest in a relationship. So those partnerships then become fluid and flexible, and they really add a lot of value. And you can really see that they depend on honesty and integrity to succeed. So this provides even more value. So while vendors will sell you what you want, a true partner will work with you and coach you on what is best for your organization's 
long-term business goals. Even if that means that they turn down easy or short-term sales, you know, they're really not just focused on what am I getting today? They're really looking at it like this is a long-term partnership and looking for win-win strategies. Some organizations work with a key preferred vendor, while others choose a diversified portfolio of solutions providers. What are the pros and cons of each approach? Let's start with some pros, the multi-partner model. So some of these pros of these multi-partner models can include that you might allow for sort of a best of breed contracting because you're sort of opening it up to, you know, more options. Also, having all those options sort of fosters some competition. You know, and a multi-partner model can sometimes supply more ability to leverage new and innovative ideas, services that come from outside a company's, you know, the normal preferred vendor list. So while there are some pros here, we do note that those preferred vendor service partner relationships are really more on the rise. And that's, there's a lot of good reasons for that. And really the advantages of the preferred partnership style are really well chronicled. So one of the ways I like to think of it is a transactional relationship versus a tactical one. While vendors offer a product or service and they could respond to a specific need with limited collaboration, you know, partnerships offer all the flexibility and expertise of an entire team combined with a commitment toward a shared vision. They're really, um, you know, concerned with their partner's goals. So with those preferred vendor partnerships, you generally get benefits that include some of the following things. One, a better rate. So you, you have pricing power. A two, a best-in-class service as there's more incentive for the service provider to invest in the understanding of that insurer's or employer's business, their people, their goals. Three, more consistent and tightly integrated processes. Four, consolidated information. So for managing that provider's performance, usage, and spend, um, you're going to get those reports and, and that rich data. And the last one I have down is collaborative and proactive engagement. So just that consistency and that relationship that you're building. So when we think about the pros and cons, you know, one idea around as a solution to balance out those pros and cons is to focus on creating a core of preferred service providers. So you have that relationships and you're getting all those benefits, but you keep your process open so that you have emerging players that can join the group or offer, you know, that one-off transaction in exceptional situations so that you can balance it out and, and really kind of get the best of both worlds with that approach. How big of a factor should price be when considering a strategic business partnership? This is a question we get a lot, and I think we're familiar with that old saying, you get what you pay for. And that means a thing that can be bought for a very low price, most likely not very good. So herein is the challenge, you know, of that cost-benefit trade-off. So in any business, price matters, certainly. But in this situation, you should not be the deciding factor as we need to really see increased value with using that outsourced provider. So when we think about that, we could focus on quality of services, 
We want to look at price relative to value. We want to look at the business value or improvements that that provider is bringing in and or delivering. And then we want to look at other items, you know, maybe with customer satisfaction surveys or, or other identified metrics. But certainly it's not just price standing alone. So we want to identify what's key for that business and needed with that particular partnership. Because really, ultimately, a business partner who is not making a profit as a result of the relationship will not be a value partner for long. What steps should organizations take to get the most rewards out of their vendor partner relationships? So when we take time to you know, build a relationship, as we all know, relationships aren't, aren't overnight. They take some time to build up that trust. And, you know, that mutually beneficial partnership comes with some work. And but that work is going to pay off when um, the service providers that you rely on, when you're getting the most out of those products and services that you pay for. And then you can really reap those benefits of those partnerships and really move your organization toward your goals. So I'd like to share my top three tips with building mutually beneficial relationships that you have the goal to bring both businesses closer to achieving their goals. So number one, clarity around goals. You know, if you have, you're entering a successful partnership, you know, you want to make sure that there's a lot of clarity around where we're trying to get to, what are the goals, you know, we want to offer suggestions with guidance and make sure that there's, you know, a mutual commitment to the goals of the relationship. And number two, establishing the right kind of dialogue, right? Communication, that's always sort of the big thing, you know, in making relationships successful. So that dialogue should be frequent so that you have a certain cadence with which you're, you're having a, those meetings and whether they're on Zoom or you get to actually get together and have some lunch together, but that you have that you're having regular dialogue. It also should be transparent, right? That we're sharing information if, if the company is doing, you know, surveys of, of the provider's services that we're sharing that. So that there's this feedback and that it's collaborative. Two partners provide, you know, they, they share information, they, they coach, they offer feedback, you know, they, it offers that proactive engagement opportunity. And then number three is, well, selecting the right provider. It's right. There's a sea of providers out there. So it's not always easy to do. So considerations may include, you know, a provider's specific area of excellence and, you know, a provider, you know, it might be important that the provider has an ongoing relationship with industry experts or a network of um, reputable professionals. Or maybe the, the important things might be that the provider has specialists throughout, you know, your program's coverage areas. Or maybe that's the critical thing is that they can offer coaching on what's best for the program's long-term business goals. So it's really weighing out what's important for that provider and then identifying what's going to be the best fit long-term. So those are my, my three top tips for how to get those rewards out of those vendor partnerships. Now, how can organizations facilitate excellent leadership to get the most rewards out of their strategic business partners? One way to get the most rewards is to invite your partners to strategize and collaborate with you. You know, this just really, again, sort of builds that trust and gives that opportunity to really add value 
you know, like and when I do be to set a workflow together or collaborate on a business strategy. And you're going to see immediate results on this. You know, you could streamline processes and other benefits that really enhance everyone involved. And this type of strategic approach gives your business partners an even bigger stake in your project outcomes. It helps ensure that they're going to put their best people on your account. And that, again, adds to those higher rewards. And so another, you know, we kind of talked about communication earlier, but certainly it falls here again, you know, facilitate that beneficial communication with your partners. So hosting those regular meetings. And here's where you want to really, you know, add in the things that are really important. You might want to discuss your, you know, your current goals and your future goals and create timelines around those and, you know, initiatives or changes that are, that are a priority. And here's where you also want to make sure you're articulating, you know, the roles and responsibilities of that partnership. So this is just those good ways that you can, you know, provide that excellent leadership to get those rewards. And I think one of the other key things is that, you know, you want to get the feedback from your vendor partners. And one of the things I really love is, you know, data. I love that reporting. And so some of the topics that I think can really benefit both sides are when we're providing that regular reporting on things such as, you know, service level. I think employee turnover is critical. And that's both sides. You know, what's happening with your vendor partner, but then what's happening with your internal team, too. So they like to know what, what changes are happening. So looking at staffing levels. So we know that if there's gaps or people are were short-staffed, everyone's kind of aware of that. Certainly, data security is on the list. Customer satisfaction, the more information we can get around that is just so important because that's how we're going to affect change. So we want to look at performance results or your KPIs and then address, you know, any issues that are going on, any concerns. And these topics, you know, should be discussed regularly to ensure you're getting the most rewards and really leveraging the ways to use your your business partner's capabilities and knowledge base to improve your business and reach the goals of your program. What are some key risk factors and what policy tips do you have to help manage the risks posed by vendors? Well, when considering risks, I think it's best to start with determining what are non-negotiables for your program's business partners. You know, some of the things might be superior data security, having a disaster recovery plan, or um, investing in staff training relative to security issues. You know, a company's brand holds a lot of value, and it's not worth the risk of tarnishing it due to the actions of an unprofessional or unethical vendor. So you want to select service providers that guard your data, guard your reputation, and protect your brand. So that's when we think about our over, the overall strategy, you know, the multi-vendor model can increase the complexity of managing that relationship and can contribute to risk. And whether that's, you know, knowledge transfer or governance, responsibilities, communication, you know, these things are made more easily, they're more easily defined and managed with a sole sourcing. So that sort of, you know, that preferred vendor model. And since we're talking about risk, you know, some key factors to consider in a strategic business partnership include some of the following. So one of them is sort of reliance on a handshake deal or lack of enough due diligence. So clearly, when we're entering these relationships, 
so important to get that initial information up front. The next one is assuming that cost savings will be the overriding benefit and that they will continue for the life of the contract. Well, again, cost savings might be one of them, but we still want to look at the overall program in, in results and goals. Risks, we need to consider significant personnel changes and outsourcing in a problem area, whether that be a problem area around specialization or even maybe geographical. We want to make sure we're not failing to recognize the effort and expense required to manage a vendor relationship. These do take time. We kind of talked about that in, in another section around having these regular meetings. So that is time and expense. I think one of the big risks is your vendors that utilize vendors who utilize vendors. So we want to make sure that that's always addressed. Another risk to consider loss of intellectual property, including the exposure of trade secrets or other guarded information. You know, I think the data security is, of course, always at the top of mind. Another risk is contractual disputes. But I think that, you know, as we as we look at overall risks, I think one of the things that we are, you know, getting so much press these days is certainly data security breaches. And aside from the financial ramifications of that, the damage to a company's reputation could be devastating. And the insurance industry is practically entirely run on sensitive information. So, which makes the risks associated with these partnerships so top of mind and the whole vendor management process in the industry even more critical. So, again, to mitigate those risks involving your vendor partners, you know, my recommendation is host meetings regularly and to discuss all of these particular issues, including potential gaps or unidentified risks. How can organizations better monitor and measure the results of their business partnerships? Actively measuring your business partner results is critical. So, you know, you need to identify your most valuable performance indicators for your program needs, and that might be, you know, capacity or performance or outcomes or compliance. And many companies are moving beyond basic metrics and are engaging in a more predictive approach using big data and analytics. So insurance programs, they need to be clear and quantifiable data for their business partners. You know, auditing metrics should be specific and measurable and customized for each partner. And, you know, the sharing of that partner's data is going to vary. It's based on, you know, direct access to the platform, different kinds of reporting. You know, does the, do they have, are they giving you access to create your own customized reports? There's lots of different factors, but, you know, really this is such a, a, an important area that I, I think the business partners are becoming more versatile and how they provide data and status information. And insurance programs also need to be clear on what their auditing metrics are. So when we look at metrics, you know, those can include turnaround times, budget and spend, uh, scheduling or coverage. They could include user satisfaction surveys, certainly a look at deliverables and results. It could include goals and projects, dates of completion. We can even get into the, you know, the business value, the ROI, those results, and they're all results versus the service level agreements. You know, how did we do compared to what we said we were going to do and overall productivity, quality, or other success factors. And kind of go back to that communication piece, you know, establishing that rapport that encourages open communication and honest feedback is going to really help ensure a positive partner experience. Because at the end of the day, those service providers are being judged and measured by the actions they take and whether those actions are the benefit of your insurance program. 
Do you have any final key tips for organizations to have the most successful strategic business partnerships? I have five, actually, final key tips for really building that successful business partnership. So number one, update your policy. Your service provider management policy reflects your business and identifies the risks, outlines the controls that you can implement to help lessen those risks. So updated policy, number one. Number two, the vetting of your prospective service providers. You want to establish a thorough review and disclosure process for vetting all new vendors. And that, you know, lots of different areas there, but you might even want to include a possible, you know, association with your existing providers and your employees to make sure there's no conflicts there. Number three, communicate and collaborate. Certainly communication has been one of our themes today, but, you know, each vendor relationship You want to implement those regular meetings with each partner, work together. You can effectively address concerns and solve problems. And you really, that's going to help you really leverage their capabilities and knowledge base to get the highest rewards for your partnership. Number four, your staff updated, right? This is such a key component of vendor management is ensuring that your entire team knows what services and products are offered, how to communicate with that business partner, how to provide questions and feedback. and Provide that ongoing communication and training for your staff, which helps keep everyone current and to really, again, make sure you're really maximizing all of those partnerships. And then number five, the last one is just actively monitor and get reporting, get the data, and even regularly audit those vendor partnerships. So you're looking at those results, but you're also looking at mitigating your risks. So you want to close the gaps in security before any kind of breach. You're having this ongoing active monitoring and auditing of all of those different moving components. So those are our five key tips for successful strategic partnerships. In the end, we would hope that your you know, service providers evolve into true solution providers and add real value providing insurance programs with a solution-centric rather than vendor-centric approach. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks to our speaker and all of our listeners. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, view Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an amazing day.